Thanks so much for listening to the Trinity Podcast. My name is Jason Faulkner, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Trinity. More specifically, I have stewardship over pastoral care for our church. And joining me today via Zoom is Katie Godey. Katie is a licensed professional counselor and a really good friend of the Trinity family. In fact, along with Monica Christina, Katie helped lead our most recent wellness workshop, which we called Your Brain, Your Relationships, which was all about how your brain either helps you stay calm and regulated or leads you to a state of dysregulation and then how that plays into your engagement with your friends, your family members, your spouse, your children, the people commenting on your Facebook post. I know that's that's none of you. <laughs> and and I just have to say, Katie, that workshop, so good, so helpful to me. Um, I'm so thankful for what you and Monica shared and so many folks in our community have shared with me how much they've appreciated the very practical insights that y'all offered uh, in fact, just the other day, I found myself yelling at my nine-year-old in a moment of frustration and even realizing in that moment that it was less about what she was doing and more about the fact that I was just in a state of dysregulation. Mm. And I thought back on that workshop even in the moment and had to, to go re-regulate myself in order to engage my daughter with empathy and kindness. So, yes. gosh, so much we could... You know, we could redo that that workshop sometime as well. But if you're interested, we actually did record it. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast and, and haven't watched the video of that workshop, we'll provide a link in the show notes. So go check it out or you can email me directly and I'll send it to you. So what are we talking about today? Well, I'm going to start by stating something that's really obvious over the past year Throughout the pandemic, we've been hearing so much in the media and really from everyone around us, wherever you go, lots of conversation around physical health. And like I said, for obvious and very good reasons. I mean, will we ever, ever really get our arms around the idea that over half a million folks have died from COVID just, just, and that's just in the U.S.? And maybe you're listening and someone you really care about is counted in that number. And we say, Lord, have mercy. Really, really, there has, there's just been so much death and so much grief. And, and grief, really, that we'll be wrestling with for a long, long time. And it's also worth saying that in the shadow of this threat to our physical life, there's also been a growing and perhaps more hidden threat to our mental health. We've really been living a year of global collective trauma, while in many ways also at the same time being cut off from the very component of our lives that helps us manage and heal from trauma, and that's other humans. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just think not enough is said about the immediate and lasting effects of, of this pandemic on our mental health and well-being. So we want to address that today, or at least begin to address that, because I guess to discuss the full scope of the mental health effects from COVID would probably require several podcasts. Mm -hmm. So I thought, Katie, you know, could we narrow our focus today and, and talk about something that I've seen come up a lot with folks over the past year, 
and frankly, in myself as well. And, and that's this idea of isolation and loneliness. And in fact, we did a wellness workshop on loneliness back in November of last year. And Adair Swayze, some of you know, uh, a licensed professional counselor as well, a longtime friend of Trinity. She had some really, really good things to say about loneliness in that workshop. And we'll link that in the show notes as well. Um, but gosh, the response to that content was so good. And so I thought we should add a conversation around loneliness to our podcast. Because Katie, I know you see in your work, this experience of loneliness is still with so many of us and, and probably will be for a long time. And I'm aware today that for many folks listening right now, loneliness and isolation were part of your reality even before COVID. And in some sense, as the, as the COVID numbers continue to go down and vaccination numbers rise, and just like even the, the beautiful weather we've been having, and you see folks moving outside and kind of coming out of, of hiding, it's also worth saying that with COVID being over, Whenever that happens and whatever that actually means, it's not necessarily going to fix your feelings of loneliness, right. even, even as you might become less physically isolated. Because many of you live alone, and but many of you live maybe with six other people, mm-hmm. and you can feel lonely in both spaces. Loneliness is not necessarily solved by the company of other people and the feelings of loneliness uh, it's just actually more common, I think, than we realize. Um, and Katie, I know that that you can say that just from what, what you're seeing in your work day in and day out, and maybe even personally. Um, in preparation for this podcast, I was reading a couple studies, and a study that was released just before the pandemic actually showed that 61% of Americans identified as feeling lonely. And I can only imagine that number has increased both the, as a result of the physical isolation of the pandemic and the relational stress that's been exacerbated by this pandemic. We're all just kind of crankier yes. <laughs> and, and that makes us run from each other and, and yeah. feel lonely. Yeah. So, Katie, I've hinted at it here and, and maybe before we move on, it would be helpful to, devi- to define some terms I think the words loneliness and isolation are thrown around a lot together and sometimes synonymously. So can you can you define each of these terms and then differentiate one from the other? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sitting here realizing that this is a podcast and, you know, I'm, I'm head nodding to so much of what you're saying and nobody can see the head, nod. yeah. I yeah. Am head nodding. Yeah. And I think I want to do a head nod sort of for all of us, because yes, in some sense, all of us have experienced um, some form of loneliness or isolation at some point uh, before and definitely during and will be con- after uh, COVID. And so it's good to just name, I, you know, co- I, loneliness is a feeling, of course, and, and isolation is more a state of being. But what's interesting is that they really go hand in hand. Um, For instance, the the feeling of loneliness can certainly result from being physically isolated. Of course, 
I think we all can attest to experiencing some of that during COVID. I mean, no matter how introverted you are, right? And I'm <laughs> extroverted, so I was climbing the walls at week two, like, well, I need my any people. But no matter how introverted you are, uh, you know, this lasted such a long time, and the impact was certainly just some some loneliness that that resulted from being physically isolated from each other. But also um, the, the feeling of loneliness can actually lead to isolation. Hmm. Um, and, and what I mean by that is if and when we as human beings, for whatever reason, start to believe, believe, think, hmm. assume that no one is with us or maybe yeah. nobody understands what we specifically are going through, often that kind of belief sneaking into our minds and then our hearts is what leads us to start to withdraw physically from one another and thus end up in a more isolated state. Hmm. Again, loneliness is a feeling. Isolation is a state of being, but they can certainly, um, they have an interplay. Um, so, uh, Here's something else I think is really curious. When we hear the words loneliness or isolation, it's really actually natural to picture a singular person right. who is, well, alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but that's, again, not always the case. It's not mm. the case by a long shot. In fact, the other day, um, Jason, a friend of mine and I were catching up and she she's not here, she's not here in Georgia She's a friend from um, my childhood. I'm from the Midwest. And we honestly hadn't connected in months. We both got um, kids and jobs and all this stuff. And, and so I asked her how her family was doing. And she said something so interesting um, and actually really struck me as so accurate um, and hard, hard. She said, we were pretty good, um, all things considered. But, you know, it's interesting to me how an abundance of quantity time doesn't automatically produce connection. Mm, An abundance yeah. of quantity time doesn't automatically produce connection. And she is so right. Um, we can live um, on alone or we can live under one roof and sit at the same table every night with people. Heck, we can even sit on the same couch with someone yeah. and not feel connected to one another because we, we aren't certain that we're known, that they're with us, that they understand us. And that is really lonely. Yeah. Yeah. I, gosh, it's, it's so helpful to hear you name that, you know, certainly loneliness is, is very acute in isolation um, in the absence of, of those intimate relationships, but Really, I think if we're going to work towards normalizing and, and naming the broader category of loneliness, it's got to be said, you will also experience loneliness at times in, in every relationship you have. Mm -hmm. um, to be present with but not truly seen by another mm -hmm. can be a, a terribly lonely experience. And, and I'm curious, Katie, can you just this idea of, of wanting to be seen um, and I know, you know, we've talked about this idea of attunement. I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what is it in this need to be seen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, so our 
sense of closeness, safety, and connection to other people. Um, it, it doesn't result because we have have a, a fun trip or adventure together. It doesn't it doesn't result naturally just because we have the same interests or that even the same values. It, it results that that depth of attunement results when we feel like and experience a relationship where we both know and are known mm-hmm. for the real person that we are, who God created us to be. We feel like our, our experience is important. It matters to the other person. They, are, they want to know more about um, why we are the way we are, who we are, and they, they want to connect to that real person that we are. We yes. want that too. It's, it's, we want to know and we want to be known. Um, and when and that when that is absent or it's there's a, a rupture in that uh, that isn't repaired, it's really hard to feel safe and connected to a person, and and that can lead to real loneliness in relationship. Yeah, that's so good. I, it's just it's good to name that loneliness can take so many different forms. And, you know, as I was thinking about doing this podcast with you, Katie, I, I just jotted down just thinking about my own life, like from being a kid to now, you know, where have I experienced loneliness? And at the risk of oversharing, I thought I'd, I'd just talk about some of those feelings and just just to demonstrate how it can look differently. Mm-hmm. Um I think as a kid, I was kind of a nerd in school. So I, so I felt very much on the margins of, of a lot of the friend groups. So in that sense, I was experiencing the loneliness of not being invited in. Mm. Um, and I even hear that as I, as I talk to some of my uh, friends that, that live by themselves who just say, I just want someone to invite me mm. um, and not have to, not have to ask. Mm. Um, so there's certainly a loneliness and not being invited in. Um, I can also remember seasons of my parents' lives or maybe even a particular day where, you know, it's stressful to be a parent sometimes. And uh, they were just less available to me emotionally in those moments. Mm -hmm. And so I experienced the loneliness of not being seen just just as you were um, just describing. after college, I was in a relationship with someone who was repeatedly unfaithful to me. Mm, yeah. um, and so I experienced the loneliness of betrayal. Wow. And I spent half of my 30s single when so many of my friends were married and starting to have children. So in some sense, I experienced the, the loneliness of being a stranger among friends, of, of not fitting in or of feeling behind. And... And now even, even being married in a marriage that is really good, uh, my wife Anna both experienced that sitting on the couch loneliness you were referring to that comes when we feel disconnected from one another, whether, whether it's due to conflict or simply because, you know, you're just busy and trying to get things done. Um, and then finally, I'll just say so much of life, I feel like, is experienced in those in-between or in that in-between space, um, that liminal space. We use that word here at Trinity a lot, that space between place A and place B. Mm-hmm. And I think so often God feels silent in those spaces and we experience the loneliness 
of liminality, of, of being in between. Um, we experience the loneliness of prayers that are seemingly going unanswered in this sort of wilderness wandering, which is, is kind of like the season that we're in now with Lent. It, it can also be a very lonely place. And I certainly found myself there many times, particularly during um, this pandemic year. And I think, I, in fact, I've witnessed several midlife crises going, going on, um, I guess you could call them, that have been actually catalyzed by this pandemic. And so if you are feeling that feeling of being in between or in the wilderness, there's certainly a degree of loneliness that comes with that. And I'm also aware, and I, I think it just needs to be named, that I am a white man in America. So there are categories of loneliness because I'm part of the demographic in this country that historically is majority and has the voice and has the power. And gosh, there's a whole another podcast there, isn't there? But I think for now, it's, it's just worth naming that there are other categories of loneliness with which I can't even begin to identify. And there are many that I'm sure will fail to mention even on this podcast. I mean, even now I'm thinking also of the loneliness so, so many have experienced during this pandemic that comes with losing a loved one. You know, there, there's just so many categories. And yet, and I think we'll get into this more in a moment, there is something of the, of the DNA of loneliness that's common to all of us, is common to, to what it means to be human. But first, I'm curious, Katie, are there other categories, maybe I'm leaving out other categories of loneliness, and maybe, maybe something from your own story, if you'd be up for sharing. Um, and, you know, if, if I can ask, when you have felt lonely, what are, what are some of the things that you've believed about yourself? Gosh, so many more head nods happening. I mean, just your stories of re really capturing moments from childhood through adulthood that you experienced. Um, you're naming, you're naming different things that caused loneliness. You know, the loneliness of betrayal, so painful. We know the Lord knows all about that, of course. Um, but just these lonely seasons where left out, left behind. I mean, it's really helpful that you name that as lonely. You know, mm -hmm. um, so my my loneliness it really. I often say it started simply because I'm this huge extrovert by nature, but I'm an only child. <laughs> Not sure like what God was thinking, but I, I yeah. <laughs> know that he had a plan with that, but that was really hard. Um, I remember being lonely a lot during my childhood. Um, we lived in a neighborhood without a lot of neighbors. Our homes were very far apart. Um, and, and, and in fact, one time I was actually, I, I mentioned this, I think on our, in our workshop, but, um, I was actually left alone um, by a babysitter when I was six years old. And, and that was a particularly terrifying experience for me. Of course, I was actually alone. Uh, yeah. And it was in 1985 or six before cell phones or anything. And so that was, I, that was terrifying for me. And so interestingly, for a lot of my life, uh, from that moment on, I actively, not just for a couple of years, for many years and even still it can trickle. And I actively tried to avoid being alone yeah. uh, at all costs so that I would 
feel safe and and I would I would want to feel connected. Now, what's interesting is I'm, I I often utilize sort of desperate attempts to to be to be with people. That didn't mean I was connected. It just meant that I wasn't alone. But again there were lonely seasons in that where I was desperate for just not being alone. So I just would accept whatever was close enough so much so that I couldn't even be kind of alone with myself mm-hmm. or, or allow the Lord to enter into places of loneliness within my heart. Cause I was so scared of that feeling and it caused some, some destructive decisions to be made. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was sort of the, the kind of early, early time that led to even later experiences of loneliness. Um, but then in, in after marriage and, um, and at a, we were in our, our, uh, late twenties, early thirties, we, we really decided it was, it was time to have, or we would love to have children. And we, like, I know many of people listening might have experienced this. We prayed for a child. We wanted kids. We, we were in that in between what felt like just so long, just not hearing an answer. And, and, um, and so we, when we finally had our son, Robbie, I was shocked to realize that I was not enjoying every minute of this season that I thought would be very fulfilling. And um, I would look on Facebook and I would see friends with their cooing babies. And I, I remember thinking the thought often, what is wrong with me? Um, why am I not enjoying this? What, what is different about me that I can't enjoy this season? And, and I just remember, um, like how, and you heard me say earlier, how if we start to believe that no one is with us or maybe Mm. no one understands us or maybe something's wrong with us or inadequate about us, we are tempted to or can decide that pulling away from relationships, withdrawing, isolating is actually our safest bet. And it's not true. It's just a very tempting path when we look to our left and our right and maybe even through a screen on Facebook and we don't find connection. So that's just what I did. I didn't share. I I just muscled it through this season. It was so lonely. Um, And the irony is because I isolated myself, I actually did end up really pretty alone. Um, it was, it was hard. So, so now you better believe Jason, I will yeah. find myself telling clients multiple times a day, multiple times a day, because I know, um, they like me and like all of us, we need to be reminded you're not alone, mm-hmm. not in the struggle, not in your fear, whatever that might be, not in the pain that you're in right now, not even in your doubt that this season of in between is going to end. You're not alone in that. Um, and, and that is just this critical message that I don't know that I can say enough cause I need to hear it a lot. Um, and so I, I, I think that's, um, those are two, two kind of snapshots of times in my life where I, I remember struggling and I remember believing things that weren't true and then pulling away or entering into things that weren't good just to not feel loneliness. And gosh, you just see that incredible bind that that we get in of feeling loneliness and and maybe even feeling shame around that and pushing folks away. And just it feels like a feedback loop. It feels like madness sometimes. And 
and you know, and you kind of hinted at this, but you know, when I, when I've sat with folks, I, I've heard so many times, you know, this idea of feeling like something is wrong with them if they feel lonely mm. or maybe even feeling guilty for feeling lonely. Like, mm. why can't I be at peace with the fact that God is enough? You know, um, I'm a Christian and I'm feeling lonely is what does this say about me? So I, I'm curious, you know, do you see this, you know, and what, how would you respond to, to that kind of a, a statement? Yeah. Wow. That is such a powerful question. And Jason, you know, it's interesting because I, I don't work with all Christian clients. Certainly. What's interesting though, is I find that my Christian clients struggle with this the most. Right. Um, right. And, and it's, it's, it's hard for them to, to wrestle. And, and, and this question of why is God not enough? What does that mean about me? Maybe I'm not spiritual enough or in tune with him enough or whatever. There is kind of sometimes this sadly, I think a guilt that comes along with that. And I would say, like, oh my, is God enough? What a great question. And yes, God <laughs> is enough. And yet, or maybe, and also, God is inherently a relational God. And he, he is three persons in one. And I, I sometimes joke with my friends, like he has this he has this all-sufficient built-in community right there. And it's, it's amazing. And, his and own it's, small group. His own small group built in. And that's pretty awesome. And since we are made in his image, mm -hmm. I think we can trust that he made us for community too. He made us not to be alone or feel, he does not want us to feel lonely either. Um, and in fact, the first time God said not good, of course, was in reference to his creation being alone. And I think, Jason, that in our, it seems that in our Western culture, which most of us, many of us, most of us have been raised um, here, are, we, we have been formed at least in part by this value of independence, and, which is good, but, it, but that value can, I think, subtly send us the message that we shouldn't really need anyone. We, we can mm -hmm. handle things on our own. Self-reliance is good. Vulnerability is bad. Um, mm -hmm. But nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, we, we need God and we need, just like he does, community. And I, I'm, I'll live in here just a minute, Jason, because these, these scriptures came to my mind actually just about 20 minutes before we got on the phone. I was thinking, how, how do, how would I tell somebody that, that both are true, that we need God and we need others and that both, they don't cancel each other out. Um, and the first is second Corinthians 12, nine, where, where God says, my, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect <laughs> not not when you're self-reliant. Mm. No, no, it's made perfect in your weakness. When you're when you're at the end of yourself, that's mm. where I can really fill you. So I would say that's kind of the idea when we need God and he can fill these empty in-between spaces with himself. But then the second is Hebrews 10:25 which says, "Never give up meeting together, but encourage mm other daily. And I think, wow, during COVID, yes, we've had Zoom. Yes, we've had, you know, tried to like figure this out. And it's been good. I mean, we couldn't have done any of this in 1980 or even 1990, but but still this idea of never give up meeting together. We There has been, even, even through the screen, some loneliness and some fatigue that has come because we haven't been able to meet together in meaningful ways like we're used to and what like we're made for, you know? 
Oh, for sure. I mean, even watching you on the screen, Katie, like I'm, it's just sad that we can't be in the same room together. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I love that you bring up the idea of Adam being alone in the garden and, and that not being, and that being not good Mm. to use the language. Um, I just think it's worth saying that this not goodness, if you will, comes before the fall. I mean, Adam had full unhindered access to God. So he was certainly not without the intimate company of, of the creator of the universe. And yet his lack of human companionship, God says is, is not a good thing. So, I mean, gosh, there certainly seems to be something fundamental about what it means to be human, Mm -hmm. to long for connection with another human being. And yeah, I think this is, in fact, by God's design, not not something that's wrong with you mm. um, but, or not because you're not praying hard enough. Um, we're, we're designed to be known and loved by other humans. Yes. And and gosh, I'm reminded of, of Adam's response when he when he sees Eve for the first time. He actually responds in poetry. Mm. Uh, he says, this is at last. And do you see the longing there in mm. his words? This is at last bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And there's, there's just something honoring to the fact that we are embodied creatures, uh, that God brings to Adam someone who is bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And I just love that. And it's such a good reminder. Um, God created us for relationship with him and with people. Yes. Um, and there's, you know, something about the power of the incarnation that he would choose to enter a human body that, that speaks to that importance of that human connection. So, so much we could say there. And, um, but as we conclude, uh, I'd love for us, you know, we've been talking, you know, maybe a little more uh, in the head a bit and I, and I want to get more practical, even, even as we say, we can't, solve loneliness in this podcast but maybe maybe we can talk about what are some some unhelpful ways to engage loneliness and then what are some some more constructive ways to begin to engage our loneliness you know how do we how do we honor it tend to it but not get stuck in it yeah wow well the first thing is what we're doing is just to kind of name it as a human experience that's not good that's not what the lord wants for us and, yeah. and just to know it's it's okay there's nothing wrong if you feel lonely there's nothing you know to feel guilty about because just praying and and being in uh, the word is not enough that's 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 because we need both and so i think to name it is the first sort of freeing thing um and then you know the next thing i would say is to simply remind yourself, I might be feeling lonely, but I'm not actually alone. Um, When clients are stuck in a place of loneliness or or just discouragement, I often remind them that one tiny step is all it takes to start to change the direction um, of, of whatever you're stuck in. A tiny step is all it takes to start to change a direction. And so I think um, sometimes we can feel daunted by certain certain um, paths or certain 
places and we think, gosh, I, I know I want to not feel this way and I know I want to get somewhere else, but it, it just feels like a lot. And I think that can really either freeze us or, or slow us to the point where there's, uh, we just aren't sure what's next. So just one tiny step. So I, w- I would ask something like, you know, if there is loneliness or if that's felt like a state that you've been in for a while, one simple question is what would be, when's the last time you had a meaningful interaction or connection. And, and when I say meaningful, it's kind of like what you and I, Jason, were talking about earlier, which is just when you felt known or you were mm. able to be yourself and feel seen for that. Um, and and if, 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 if you're tempted at some level to say, well, I don't think I ever have, I, what I would say is that it's not possible because you would not still be here if you have not had some meaningful yeah. connection that told you you were valued and worthy of love and connection. So that's, that's the reality. It might feel small. It might feel like a long time ago, but I really want to challenge you to just really think when's the last time I had that kind of a meaningful interaction. It could have been not, it doesn't have to mean a whole weekend, just a, a moment. Um, who was that person? Can you call them up? <laughs> Would be another <laughs> yeah. simple question. Um, and then um, that, so that's kind of this first step uh, would be, I'm, I'm not alone. I, but I've been in this lonely place for a while. And what, what would be the tiny step I can take toward something meaningful? Uh, the, the, the other thing that we do when we, we're not sure about that path or we're, maybe we are hesitant to take a path toward meaningful connection, we, we easily can fill up the space and that in-between and that ache with things that are not helpful or can actually make loneliness worse. Um, and and maybe you've heard this enough and you're gagging yourself, but I just want to say, that, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe you're on social media a little too much. I know it's called social and that's for a reason, but it, but it lacks so much in terms of real relating. Um, and, you know, the smoke and mirrors effect of a, a very well edited photo or maybe a perfectly crafted sentiment that that can sometimes be just the thing to plunge us further into dark places of belief. So you know, the enemy loves that, of course, but, but the Lord doesn't want us to stay there. So it might, it might be some of picking up a phone and putting down a, but putting down a computer, you know, just, there's a, there is a going toward, and there is a leaving behind that happen with this progression out of loneliness. Okay. Gosh, I'm just reminded of like, even the word that comes to my mind is envy, like looking at those curated photos in my Instagram feed and, Mm-hmm. And just feeling like, you know, they have it better. And I, I really think to some extent, envy is maybe, you know, one side of, of the coin of where loneliness is on the other side so often. Oh, yes. And so, gosh, that's such a good reminder. Um, and, and we do say it a lot about social media, but we're also, I'm still looking at it and still feeling those feelings of envy. So I don't know if we can say it enough. So yeah, go ahead. Well, it's not and just, you know, to not villainize social media. Just you just sure, sure. share your inputs and the time spent, you know, uh, and is this helping? You know, after I put down my phone, do I feel more connected or less connected? Just kind of doing that gut check is so important. Um, and sometimes there's, a, again, a moving towards something better and a leaving behind something less than good that could just be get get us on a, on a positive trajectory. That's right. That's so good. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is, is just like, where where do we have agency? Where can we be 
implicated, I guess, in our, in our own healing to some extent. Yeah. Um, I'm reminded of the invalid man in John five, who is lying beside the pool of Bethesda and waiting to be healed. And like, like I do, he's focusing on the unfairness of other folks getting what he's not getting. You know, he's saying, you know, these other folks are getting into the pool and no one's here to help me. And Jesus simply asked, do you want to be healed? Take up your mat and walk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's something, there's something, you know, can we honor the bind that we're in the difficulty in taking that first step, but we, can we also name our mat? You know, what, what, what is that first step? What, and what does it look like to take that first step? And, and certainly with the help of Jesus and, and other people, mm-hmm. but maybe, gosh, before we can ask that question, we have to get more under the hood of loneliness. And, and as we conclude, I'll just say this, I've been thinking as we're talking, you know, I've found in my own life, if I'm really going to tend to my loneliness, I I have to be honest about my desires Mm. and, you know, what is it that I want or what is it that I feel like I'm not getting? I think so often our feeling of loneliness is really symptomatic of an unmet desire And, and maybe this desire is something that we haven't even named. So, mm. so if you're listening, I, I'll just ask you the same question. I think that Jesus asks of all of us, and that's, what do you want? Can you, can you name your desires in the places where your desires have been unmet? Mm. In some sense, I'm asking, can you come to bless your loneliness to, to start with a posture of kindness toward yourself mm. Because, you know, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I immediately, you know, have a, a condemning posture towards myself as soon as I, I feel a desire that's unmet or a feeling of loneliness. So can we can we name these things with kindness? And then can we invite someone into that space to be with us in our unmet desires, in our loneliness? Yeah. Again, not not to resolve it. We're not asking folks to come in and resolve our loneliness, loneliness, but simply to give you the experience of being seen, like we've been talking about, yeah. which, and, and here's the beautiful thing in some way, I think the experience of being seen can actually begin to make us feel less alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So if you don't have that person, you know, sometimes it can, sound like we're just making some assumptions here, you know, not everyone has that person that, that, that feels safe to, to talk about desires and loneliness. That's certainly not always been the case for me. So if you, if you can't name that person, like just please reach out to us here at Trinity. I myself or, or one of our other pastors, we'd be honored to meet with you. You can go to our website and click on the care and connection button. You can also email me directly. Um, I, I love having these conversations and, and it's always an honor to be invited into someone's story, to walk a, a little bit of their journey alongside them. We also have a list of counselors like Katie, who we know and trust, and we'd love to help guide you to the right counselor if you're interested in, in going even further. So um, Katie... This has been so much fun. 
just thank you so much for your time and, and your gifts and, and just what a gift you are to the Trinity community. Well, it's an honor to be here. And I was thinking as you were sharing that very heartfelt invitation saying, even if you can't name that person or that person maybe isn't with you anymore, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the fact that you kind of stood in that gap and said, here we are, um, is just such a, such a picture of, 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 uh, of the body of Christ. And I just really, again, nobody can hear, see my head nodding or my tearing up, but it's like good. It's so good. And, um, and I'm honored to be, have been invited in and, um, it's good to be with you today, even through a screen. That's right. It's an honor to be with you as well, Katie. Take care, my friend. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.